to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. We've been going back and forth of... uh, well, what we've done in the past is we would do like a cooking show competition or something really lighthearted. And that was between like Breaking Bad and Mad Men and like these pretty heavy shows. We were like, let's just take a break and either watch The Office or watch like a co- cooking competition or something like that. But then we liked the cooking competition so much that now just we're just, that's all we're watching fine. is, all we've watched for a long time is cooking competitions. So <laughs> I told you that I never got into Breaking Bad. I watched a couple of episodes mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I can't like this character. Like I just, I can't that's like the point, him. yeah. Yeah. Um, the anti-hero. And so, and I've never seen High School Musical, but I saw a meme the other day that said, did you know these two things occur in the same town? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and trying to imagine, trying to imagine Is Breaking Bad. They're both in yeah, Albuquerque. They're both set yeah. in Albuquerque. <laughs> trying to imagine Breaking Bad, but busting into the musical. <laughs> and like this, like, That's awesome. uh, like, vice, maybe, maybe the reason the kids are all the d- dancing and singing is because of the meth. It's because the meth, yeah. And it would be great <laughs> is to re-edit some episodes where they're like, there's a, there's a scene in High School Musical 2 where a guy like sings across a field, like he's going up and down a hill, be great. That's like you edit a part in Breaking Bad where they're driving past a field and you just see <laughs> the guy in the background just walking down, doing his dance and singing. Yes, that'd be awesome. You said I haven't watched it, but you said I'd like Mad Men. Yeah, it's 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 one of, it's another one of those shows where it's like there's no clear person you're necessarily rooting for. Yeah, but but Don Draper, yeah, his there's this whole story of like, um. I don't know the best way to say it. he's not he's not a con but he's kind of like he's kind of manipulating the people around him like and different things like that and it's a really cool story um and I don't want to give too much away but but I think it shows also the humanity in that as well as trying to like remain on top and like remain in people's are you keeping people in your web if that makes sense in your Jedi mind tricks as you're going about life but then also you're a human so how do you react to mm-hmm. those things so and it's all it's a very good period piece too it's all through the 60s and so you so get to everybody see everybody smokes yes and so you see from the uh, you have to it's how you keep your baby weight down oh that's exactly right yeah there yeah there's no. a ton of smoking in no there were, there were like ads from the 60s you've got to be like, kidding me no <laughs> that's so crazy have you not seen those no it's wild there, there's I this you were joking mm-hmm. no there's like all these terrible ads from the sixties that like you would never print today. And it was like women who smoke camel know that they give birth to lighter babies, making birth easier, you know, Mm -hmm. like all this kind of stuff. Smoking during pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's advertised. (laughs) Yeah. To do that. That wild. There's, there's (laughs) one happened to all the parents that were like, and they're having kids in the (laughs) eighties. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there was one ad I saw from the 50s or 60s that's like, nine out of 10 doctors recommend Camel cigarettes. <laughs> There's all these doctors like smoking in the picture. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about like, but before you know, like culturally before they know right. what the effects yeah. are, like. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And they're the one, one of the big things at the beginning of the show uh, that kind of shows the way, a little bit of how this, of how his mind works. They could not figure out a, an advertisement um, plan for or campaign for a cigarette company. And he's in a, he's in a bar, like just scratching his brain. He's like, what is going Ouch. on? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Picking his brain was the phrase I meant to say. Meant to say. Was it literally scratching his brain? And, uh, and a, a person walks by and he's smoking Lucky Strikes. And that's one of the, that's the brand they're trying to advertise. He's like, why, man, why do you smoke Lucky Strikes? He's like, that's, it's just what I've always smoked. It's just what I have. And he's like, gosh, okay, this has got to be easier than what I think. And so at the meeting, 
he uh, he asks him like, "Give me the process of of your cigarettes. Like, how are they made? What's going on?" And he gets to a point and talk, talking about the process where the tobacco is toasted. And he goes, "That's our line." He's like, "That's it right there." And he was like, "Yeah, but that doesn't set us apart." He goes, "Who else is advertising they're toasted though?" He was like, "If you make it sound like you're different than everybody else, who cares? Who yeah, cares what's actually matter. true? You're setting the perspective for everybody else. And what your tagline is, Lucky Strike." It's toasted. And so they're like, oh, I want to try those toasted cigarettes. Everybody has toasted tobacco. But what he's saying is nobody else is talking about it. Mm. You guys got to talk about it. And now if they try to talk about it, they're just copying you. Mm. And he's like, you set the standard. And everybody's like, like mind blown, like this whole think out of the box perspective. But it's so simple as well. So uh, you get to see his interaction with with clients cool. and stuff like that. So I, I, en- I enjoyed the I think show. it's why Cammie told me that's why she thought I'd like the Lincoln lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's because of how he like, He'll go into courtrooms sometimes not really knowing anything about the case. And then like he sees something. in. But he's also very intelligent. He picks up on things quickly. Yeah, he's super witty. Mm -hmm. I definitely enjoy how he goes about it. For younger audiences, I would not condone it yet. I have one episode left. Mm. And I'm waiting to see what happens with the bass. The bass. I don't even know what's going on in the show. Outside Taiwan's on Prime as well. Is, Uh, is Is that about a fish? It's on Netflix, yeah. Uh, for those listening who may be younger, I would not recommend Mad Men. That is a definitely a TV mature oh, okay. show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or Lincoln Lawyer. Is it? I just got some language. Yeah. yeah it's just the language, though. And it's funny because it's not even like a buildup. It's just like random F words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like a big scene. It's just like every once in a while, it's like just drops it. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was one time. Uh, I do want some of those tacos that he's eating. He's always eating tacos. That's what I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the West Texas culture and the Southern California culture are like so, so I guess they are because they're, they're both yeah. like border areas. Yeah. But mm. I just love, I just tacos. love tacos. Food. Like food truck <laughs> yes. tacos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. There's something about going to like a, like a, Mexican food truck, mm-hmm. like taco stand somewhere, even in New Mexico. Just sitting outside like, and eating oh them. Oh my yeah. gosh. Dude. That was my first experience with street food was on in New York. I got this grilled chicken kebab that was like this long. It was enormous. And we For just, those of you who aren't watching, he held his fingers about three inches apart. <laughs> that's right. It was just a <laughs> tiny kebab. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait. It, was, it was vast in its minority. <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it was about, a, about a foot and a half long or it was just Big stick. I know. It's, it's like, it was this big. I'm bad at that, that guessing, guys. That's why I was trying to say a foot and a half or so. Uh, but yeah, we were just. If, if you'll do this. Roughly, your hands are enormous. R- r- roughly from the tip of your thumb to the tip of your pinkies, nine inches. So that's a foot and a half. My hands are smaller than yours. How do you know how big my hands are? That's nine inches? Roughly, yeah. For every human being. Roughly. It's it's in the Bible. You get these little babies. That are like, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the I'm going to measure Riley's hand when I get home. He told me it was nine inches. In the Bible, when they say a hand's breadth, they mean this part. It's about four inches. And when they say the span of a hand, it's, it's a measurement there. in the Bible that means nine inches. And mm-hmm. that's about nine inches. How interesting. So... Y- yours are like five, yours are like five inches. Yeah, no, that's, I got these tiny hands, man. So maybe so the, the kebab was about yeah. that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Right that's back. pretty good. Yeah, you right did one with a. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, totally. These are like what nine point six on the diagonal. Yeah, that's right. Diagonal. Yeah, but you still you're still there. Yeah, oh, that's nine inches. Yeah. I got these weird hands. Anyway, I, 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 so I, instead yeah, of saying my it's just like, instead it's, of saying my hands are so I, big, yeah. it's like Pierce, why are your hands what's, so tiny? What's the matter with my hands? <laughs> it's like that episode of Friends where they see Joey's feet and they're like, 
how small are your feet, dude? For real, <laughs> like eight eight seasons into, like how little are your feet? He's like, quit looking. Quit looking I just up. got out of the pool. <laughs> shrinkage. Girls know about shrinkage. I had so uh, legit- we probably have to edit that now. My fault. No, it's okay. It's okay. okay. We'll just put a big a big beep as you're talking. People are like, what was he saying? Please uh, do that. That'd be so much funnier. Uh, I did have a story legitimately about feet. Then we can jump in. It's fifth Tuesday. I'm having a good time. So, uh, <laughs> so there was that actually legitimately happened to me in my life. I had somebody come to me and ask like, Hey man, I bought these shoes and they're a little bit too big for me. Would you be interested in those? And I was like, Oh yeah, sweet. What size are they? And he was like, they're, they're, they're nines. And this person is as tall as I am. And I wear a size, I, mean, I think I wear between an 11 and 12, depending yeah. on this, probably between like a 10 and a half and 12, depending on the shoe. Yeah. Uh, but around 11 average-ish. Yeah. And it took everything within me to not laugh that he said that it started with, I bought these shoes a little too big for me in their size. Like, I was like, I wore nine in fourth grade, yeah. man. Like, what are you talking but, about? And then like literally, I think it was the next week because um, it was it was a get together. I had another person show up and they were talking about boots. They were like, oh yeah, I had some boots that I bought that were too big. They were size nine and a half and they were, I just had so much room inside of them. And you know what's wild is I was the weird guy in the room. I was the guy with the enormous feet. Everybody had these crazy small feet. My dad was six foot tall, mm-hmm. um, and he had a seven and a half or an eight. You've got to be kidding me! No, that's a child's is, foot. It's little. So your dad, <laughs> your dad so was tiny. huge when I met him. How did he stand up? Yeah, how did he balance he anywhere? <laughs> uh, we, we just thought of as the diabetes eating his feet. It's just that his feet were too tiny. His feet just keep getting smaller. No, but uh, <laughs> just tips over. But what was funny is I pushed him when summer I him. between ninth grade and tenth grade, my feet went to a size twelve, but mm-hmm. I didn't get any taller. <laughs> so you were a clown walking around. I was. I, yes. I was five two with size 12 feet <laughs> my dad's over here six foot with seven and a half i'm five two with a size 12 foot when we had to run laps in pe in 10th grade i would regularly trip <laughs> well, your dad just wouldn't be able to stand up if he was running with you guys. <laughs> right he, he's rolling he's just he's taking the tiny little, <laughs> tiny little toothpick feet you just hear what is that oh my dad's running that's dan running down the street <laughs> Tiny oh, little feet. Uh, okay, so we want to know what size are your feet? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just insulted uh, half of our audience. Nine is small. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so wow. anyway, goodness. Gracious. Like I said a second ago, it's the fifth Tuesday. Uh, I forget how we've said it in the past, but the fifth Tuesday is generally what we do is we come in to the conversation with a topic that we haven't flushed out. Flushed out. out. We haven't fledged it out yet. We've flushed it out in its entirety. Um, and we just start the conversation and just go and we yeah. just talk about it. Um, and so I'll pass it over to you, Ryan, to introduce what we're talking about today and we can jump in and dive in if you're cool, cool with that. Yeah. So today we are talking about, uh, the biblical perspective of pride and, um, what it kind of what it looks like, um, what it means. I, th- I think, uh, part of the discussion today will obviously be like, we say things like, man, I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah. And we have these questions like, man, is that wrong for me to be proud of my kids? Or is it wrong for me to be proud of, you know, my friends or my family or whatever? And so I don't think, I mean, we can't, we can't debate that the Bible says in multiple places that God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, we can't deny the fact that, um, as, as people, and specifically I'm thinking in the old Testament here. So the nation of Israel, as the nation of Israel got settled 
into the promised land as they had everything they wanted that they they um they deteriorated into pride and then rejected god they, there there seems to be there seems to be at least a relationship in the scripture that those who have pride turn from the father or turn from god or turn from yeah these things it's from a biblical perspective pride is not good mm-hmm. um uh, peter talks about peter quoting the old testament says that god is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble and he also he also invites people the the um, Peter, he says, you know, like cast your, what does he say? He says, submit yourself. That's what it is. Submit yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will raise you up in due time. Like mm-hmm. this kind of attitude of coming to God, humbly coming to God graciously. Um, it, I think Micah, one of the stories that you, you speak to really well, um, a, a couple of thoughts here. So, um, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, mm-hmm. So they they offer fire. Not and Abihu. Right, right. They offer profane fire to the Lord in Leviticus 10. And what's crazy about this, if you haven't put the timeline together, like uh, Nadab and Abihu have literally just been consecrated as priests. Like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an eight-day consecration. And the <laughs> very first thing that they do, I mean, the first yes. thing that they do is offer fire to God that is specifically forbidden by God. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't asked for this fire to be given. They've just been given all the instructions that priests are supposed to do. And even though the text doesn't use the word pride, you kind of got to think, well, these guys thought that they're the stuff, you know? Yeah. And they're like, all right. And then God strikes him dead, mm-hmm. you know? And he says, I will be regarded as holy by all who draw near to me. Yeah. And and what we see in the Bible is that people of pride. Um, you know, another story that I think of is, uh, Naaman, the, the Armenian leper. He's, uh, he's, I think it's, Ar- I think it's the Arameans, but he's, uh, he's a soldier. He's a, uh, um, what do you consider it? Like a commander. He's in this, in the King's army mm-hmm. and he has leprosy and he hears, he has a slave girl that's a Hebrew and he hears from this Hebrew slave girl that, um, Elijah, uh, Elisha rather, can cure leprosy. Mm-hmm. So Naaman goes, long story short, it's really cool, involved story. It's in First Kings 5. But Naaman comes and Elisha doesn't even come out of his tent to talk to Naaman. He sends his servant out and says, yeah, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And Naaman is ticked. And it, oh, they were getting that dirty river. Yeah, he was, they got in all the yeah, ones in my area. We have beautiful rivers in yeah. our home country. Why would I go <laughs> dip myself in this river? And, and why would I go get in the concho when I can go over to the <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of his right hand men says to him, like, look, if the guy had come out and said something really hard to do, you'd do it. He's like, why, why wouldn't you do this simple thing? Mm-hmm. And Naaman humbles himself. Like it's a, it's like he nearly missed this healing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he humbles himself and he does what the prophet tells him to do. And he's healed. And what's super cool about Naaman is then that he becomes a worshiper of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also that Christ mentions him in Luke chapter four. <sighs> anyway, the, we, I think we just see over and over again, pride, um, pride has the absolute result. And I want to, I feel that strongly about me, about it, temper me, but if we need to, but like, I feel like the absolute result of pride is a moving away from God. I think biblically that's the, that's kind of the context is yeah. it, it is a, um, it is almost making yourself God yeah. in that sense, like a c- control issue. Yeah. You know, that seems to be the context of like the, co- the contrast of pride is humility in, in yes. the Bible. Yeah. 
And so it's, it's a recognition of um, yourself in a way that is, is almost negating God as yeah. God. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're ultimately in control. I think of like, this is kind of what you see in Genesis with the tower of Babel. Right. Um, I mean, it's just, it's all over the place. I think that it's interesting to me that like the Bible speaks of it in this way. Um, and yet like there's so many nuances in our language today where it's used in so many different ways. It gets a little like muddy and, yeah. and how we, how we talk about it. And so maybe that that's the conversation we should have is like, what does it look like today um, for us? Like understanding, I, I think you could probably bring us, you can throw in some, a lot of, a lot more verses, Ryan, about how the scripture speaks in opposition to people who mm-hmm. are proud. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, how do we, how do we, how do we live lives today with that same heart and mindset, um, but but interact within a culture that uses the word in so many different ways? It's it's sure. if you say pride now, most people probably in in our culture now don't think first of all that you're talking about being proud. Right? They think mm-hmm. about the LGBTQ nine or plus seven asterisk yeah. question yeah. mark culture. That's when, when you say pride. That's in fact, we should just name this one pride and see what happens. That's what I was going to say. We can put it, put the word pride and then put a rainbow behind it. Oh man. <laughs> we'll get a lot of click throughs yeah. on that. Yeah. Click yeah. We'll get a lot of bad comments on YouTube. <laughs> yes. um, but like that's, if you say pride, that's automatically what people think of, or yeah. you say like a pride of lions or you, as a parent, <laughs> you, you say go. like, yeah. I'm proud of my son. So there's nuances, I think culturally where the language is used differently than what the Bible is speaking of. Yes. Yeah. And so maybe the, the, I'm not super interested in having a, I guess we can I'm not interested in having a conversation about like the modern day usage of pride. I'm more interested in this conversation about talking about what it looks like as a follower of Jesus yeah. to deal with pride. Well, and mm. and if we can define what it is from a biblical perspective, then whatever we call it in the 21st century, we can identify it mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if Absolutely. we talk about what it means, so what some people perhaps in our culture today would, from a Christian perspective, might say, well, that's pride. We'd go well. No, that's that's not pride, and we can hold up the biblical oh, that's, definition. That's interesting. Yeah, because then it, some some people kind of put their own definition on it. Like yes. if someone says, like, I, gosh, I don't know, I, I played really well in my disc, disc golf tournament. Yeah. They would say, well, you're just proud about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it could be that I'm in a bad way. Yeah, proud. Yeah, and it could be that I'm just acknowledging that I did well. Yeah, absolutely. That's not done. Yeah, in, in pride. I mean, it's it's uh. I was having a conversation with Michelle a few weeks ago and it was just, it was just us. It was just me and Michelle and date night or something. Um, and, uh, I was like, man, I just, I said, I'm really excited about where the church is, the 456. I said, I'm really excited about how it's growing. I said, I'm really excited about the directional changes that we made when we came to, to Dove Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to change a lot of my preaching style, not had to, but we talked about it and we mm-hmm. were like, man, what are we going to do so that we can teach hard truths, but teach it in a way that's packaged where people get it and Absolutely. understand it, you know? And so I made some big changes in how I preached, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily what I preach, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm super excited that God is using me. But before I could get that out of my, out of my mouth, I thought, well, I can't say that. That's proud. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you're my wife and you know what I mean. Like, I'm just, I yeah. am, I am excited that I am in a place where God is using me. I have a feeling that at the core of it, it's not, it's not defined by anything except for your heart. Yeah. yeah. It has to, my guess to is be. across the scripture, like when, when like all the verses in Proverbs that speak about the proud or, yeah. or um, like the, the narratives where it talks about yeah. 
proud people. Like, I think it's a matter of heart. Has to be. Rather mm -hmm. than like, like I can express, you could express that same thing. Like, I'm so glad how God is using me. You could express it in a way that is in a bad way, pride, and yep. you could express it in the same way that's just acknowledging what God's doing. It's, yeah. it's same actually statement. humility. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, thank yeah. you, God, for your, you right. know, like, yeah. Exact same statement. Yes. Just done in in a different heart. So I imagine that it's it's a heart issue. Yeah. So yeah. I'll give you guys a personal story with it. Um, I, I think I was a proud teenager. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think this is like right about the time, Ryan, when I met you. Um, I think I was kind of, maybe I had just dealt with it. It may have been, you may yeah. come in like right after that, but I think I was. You were 21 when we met. Okay. So it was before yeah. that. So I think I was a proud teenager in terms of, I thought I knew the Bible better than most of my peers. Mm -hmm. And I think I was right. <laughs> at that time yeah no no, yeah. no i think it i think that yeah. was an actual yeah uh, like i meant nine years in my area not like across the world i'm just saying like yeah. in the group I, I think that was actually true yeah um but because of that it brought me to a place where i approached people probably a lot more harshly than i should have now i'm by nature obviously a little more like harsh in how i deal with certain things like i can think of times when i've told people like what they were saying was stupid when i was like a freshman and sophomore in college and what they were saying was stupid, but like it, yeah. it should have been handled differently. And I said that I think out of pride. Yeah. And I remember, I think this was like the climax of my pride. I used to preach at this, uh, this worship service we had on Monday nights when I was in college at Angelo state and no joke, there were like 300 students there. Like a lot of times it would be a pretty packed room. And I remember standing up preaching one night in the middle of the sermon. Um, I was so convicted later by this thought cause I think it was a hard issue. I remember thinking, I bet I could date any girl in this room I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> it was a recognition that it, it's funny because like part of it was true. Like it was a recognition that that the stage in even in Christianity, the stage brings some kind of spotlight in a way sure. where you are elevated above other people. Yeah. I also recognize that a lot of the probably girls in this room really had a desire to start walking with Jesus and love the Lord. And they probably viewed me in a different category than just all the other guys. So I had a little bit of edge. So I'm like, my mind's processing all these things. And I remember thinking I, I could date any girl in the room <laughs> I wanted to, which wasn't true, but I think I was like processing it in the wrong yeah. manner. Yeah. What I just said, those, like those reasons I thought that weren't wrong, mm -hmm. but how I was attributing that to me yeah. was wrong. I remember in that moment, I remember my dad telling me and my brother when we were like 15 and 14, like, hey, don't forget that when girls like you, what they actually are like, what they're actually attracted to is Jesus in you. I was like, whatever, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was that point when I stood on the stage and thought I could date any girl in the room. I feel like that was the beginning of the demise of Micah's pride. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so crazy stuff started happening. Yeah. Um, there was a group of people who would meet um, a lot of Mondays after we were done and would just go to a restaurant and talk about all the things that I said wrong that night. And then they would like <laughs> talk about, they would talk about it amongst themselves and they would talk about it to other people during the week. And it, it actually got to a point where there was a group of people that would come on Monday nights that like really didn't like me. They'd like, come just to do that. Yeah. yeah. And then even so, like some of, some of my friends who I even went to church with um, actually started saying rumors about me at school, like things that weren't even true. I don't even know, honestly, I don't even know what all of them were. I just knew there was a group of people that were my close friends that found out about these rumors and went and confronted it. Like they mm. went to bat for me, but there, I, I've never felt 
and this is where you came in, Ryan. I think I, I had I had just written this song called Jeremiah's song mm-hmm. um, that was just kind of talking about the the heart of Jeremiah, where he's like just so down and depressed. Mm-hmm. Like he's letting God use him, but he gets to that point in chapter twenty where he's like, or it's before chapter twenty, where no, no. is it beginning of chapter twenty? Where he's like, God, why did you even let my my father get the news that I was gonna be mm-hmm. born? Like mm-hmm. I wish I would have just not ever been born. And that's when he goes and says, but I can't stop. Mm-hmm. speaking because your words in my heart like a fire and it's shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in. So the whole song was kind of recounting that, but from something I felt as well, like I felt that tension because there was so many people who um, didn't like me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I didn't fit in their theological bend. Mm-hmm. And it was causing all these like social issues for me and I, I've never felt depressed, but I think that was the closest I've ever been where I was just like down, where I was just like, yeah. God, what is going on? And you know what I think was going on? I think God was using those circumstances to break me of my pride, where it brought me to a place where I recognized, man, this has never been about me. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm bothered by this is because I'm arrogant. I'm a yeah, prick yeah. and I, I can't be this way. And it was the beginning of the demise of my pride. And it, I think it probably took took a few years for that to kind of like settle to figure that out. But it's, 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 um, I think it was the graciousness of God where he was taking me in ministry, removing the pride. Yeah. Um, I also think that my plan was to go to seminary right after college. Um, and I think I probably have had, I gone to have, I, had I finished my plan of, of going to the seminary I was going to go to and doing the plan I was going to do. I think I probably would have done well. And I think I probably would have been a, if you will, rock star in that world. And I think I would have been one of those area pricks that, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you would have known who I was. And I think that I would have let everybody know. Who, I think that's the track I was on. Yeah. And I think it was the graciousness of God that broke me of my pride and brought me to a place where I was able to do ministry in humility. And you know, what's funny now is like, I didn't finish seminary. I started it online and didn't even finish a semester because anyways, a lot, a lot of reasons why, but I'm not anti-seminary. I just think it wasn't something that yeah. was beneficial enough for me to to finish. Um, I mean, there's so many of you that that have had such a benefit from seminary. It's so nice to be able to call Britton Carter and ask him questions about the stuff he's <laughs> learned and he had to pay for and go through. And I just get to glean the information off him. But for me, <laughs> I think it was it was not beneficial. And I think it was it was God moving me away from my heart pride mm-hmm. to a place where I could do ministry for his glory and not for mine. Sure. And I really think at the core for me, it was my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like even that any of the things I was saying about me were wrong. Sure. It's just how I was responding to those things. Did I know the Bible better than most of my peers? Yes. Does that matter? No. It, it allowed me an opportunity to teach, mm-hmm. um, but it shouldn't have been about me. And I was making it about me. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's the danger of pride is it can, it can get sneaky and like hide in plain yeah. sight because yeah. none of those things I said were wrong. It yeah. was just about how, how I attributed yeah. them to me. Yeah. It's, not. it's your motive. It's your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. Uh, yeah. To, so I had two instances to kind of further, further push that point of it's about the heart. I had two instances where I reacted intensely to somebody at a at a at a show we were playing i was in a hardcore band um this one's more metal but you don't you guys don't care about the difference in genre um <laughs> and one time we were playing an abilene straight edge though right yeah gosh <laughs> we had one straight edge guy in the band that we made fun of all the time uh i don't think he's edge anymore but which if you're not edge anymore were you ever really edge come on uh i have no idea what we're talking about it's now. <laughs> You will just keep it that way. So there there was this guy that came up to me. Razors? Straight edge? Yes. Uh, This guy came up to me 
about 20 minutes before we go on. And this is no joke what he tells me. He's like, so you're the vocalist, right? And I was like, yeah. And he says, he says, well, I, I do vocals around here. So he said, if you're, if you're ever, if you're feeling like tired and you just can't, you can't keep up the stamina for your set, man, he's like, I'm, I'm here to take over for you. Like, I'll definitely do that. What's Yep. <laughs> so I looked at him and I was like, he I'll, was part of your band. No, just some kid in the audience, just some dude at so the he show. Knows all your songs or something. I think right? he's going to jump in yeah, there. And, yeah. And also going huh. up to a guy who at this time we were traveling a lot, playing a lot and be like, Hey, I know you're not good at your job. So <laughs> I, I paid admission to this show so I can do your job better for you. Like there's a lot. And plus there was that going through my mind and a lot of other things where I looked at this, at this kid and I was like, I'm going to run laps around anything you ever think that I'm going to do. And it was very proud, very prideful. And there was times during the show where like, I would push myself so hard to like have something go longer, go something more intensely. I like make eye contact with them too and be like, I'm still here, man. I'm still going strong. I'm still doing it. And it was very much the proud heart, very yeah. much. So of like, I'm going to show this guy that, that we don't mess around. They're like, I'm, I'm not here to mess around. I, you think you're the best in the room. I'm the best in the room. Come on. Yeah. We, we, we all know that. And then fast forward a few weeks later where- And you knock your own teeth out. Oh, wait, that's, yeah, that, a, that was a different that's story. That's a different, different Different band. Uh, we were in, I think we were in Albuquerque, uh, full circle. And we were- uh, Doing math. Yes. Yeah, so hanging out with high school, hanging out with the high school <laughs> musical crew and meeting up with Walter White. Uh, and this- this guy, we we had performed our set. We we had a section of the set where we either shared a testimony or shared the gospel in some form or fashion and encouraged people to come talk to us. And then this guy afterward got on stage and began to say, we stand for everything that, that the band before us stands for. And then he began to pervert the gospel. Oh, no. And did not did not mention the name of Jesus once, but he was like, we're all about positivity, we're all about making people feel good. He said, we exactly like the band before us said. Like, we exactly what they had said. And then I felt fire in my bones. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Where it, me and him had a conversation afterward. And I know the Lord was working through it because very graciously I walked in and was like, hey, man, you, you do see the differences between what me and you are doing, right? Oh, no, man, it's exactly the same. And he tried to walk away and I was like, nope. And so kept talking to him. And I was like, we, you can't equate what you're saying to the gospel. And we had a gospel conversation. I would say that I probably, on the surface, it may have looked like, uh, or I, I, on the surface level, it was intense. It was an intense reaction to something sure. that was said. Should have been. But it's way different hearts. Whereas the first one in Abilene, yeah, I'm coming at this guy like, screw you, man, I'm the best. And I'm coming at this guy trying to water down the gospel and pervert the message of Jesus in Albuquerque. And they both may look in like intense reactions from me, but one's in the heart of preserving the gospel and one's in the heart of putting myself at the forefront. And so there's I this- I feel like that's key in this conversation. Like we yeah. say heart- but really, I think how you test it is, is my heart in this instance to lift up and glorify my God mm -hmm. or is it to lift up and glorify me? Myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I, I think that if we're conscious of that, we will actually find less offense with things people say. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time, I think the, the the reason we find such offense is because it hurts our pride. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. if, if we view, if we truly view ourselves as our life is not our own. Like one of the things that I've talked about before on this podcast, I talk about, uh, Paul talks about in Galatians. Um, if we've started work by the spirit, are you down doing the work? And then taking that same mentality of if we came before the Lord 
um, for salvation with a humble heart, acknowledging that we can't save ourselves. Why then do we think that we should be proud now? Why right. man? Why then do we think that our lives should be revolved around us now whenever our us coming before the Father showed and proved that we cannot do anything on our own? We can't right. do this. And so therefore, reflecting that humility in all things. And again, if your life rests in Jesus, you're not going to be offended when people are coming against you because who cares? Like I'm securing Christ. And that's one. Right. I think Henry Blackby talks about that in the Experiencing God book. If we if we get to a point where we acknowledge, I don't know everything he stands. I'm not supporting sure, him, yeah. but one, this was one thing I really enjoyed that he's talked about was when we get to a place where we acknowledge our life rests in Jesus. That's called beginning of Colossians three. Our life is now hidden with Christ in God, and we acknowledge that it also includes our entire reputation. It includes who we are then who the crap cares what the world has to say? That's a paraphrase of Henry Blackby. I don't think he said it that way, but who cares what the world has to say? Who cares what the world has to say about us? We're secure in Jesus. And so let's go out and live a life glorifying the name of Jesus, regardless of what people have to say about us, because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about glorifying God. Yeah. I I, I think of it too, like um, one of the things I have like about five statements I kind of think through all the time and try to keep in the forefront of my mind. One of them is take no offense Mm -hmm. because, and at all, well, no, to Pierce's point, like be offended over the gospel. Oh yeah. But for me, when I'm offended, it's usually Ryan that's offended. It's not about the gospel. And so for me, it's like, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like take no personal offense. Right. For me. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And, and it's interesting because, um, Paul uh, in Philippians 3 and then also in 2 Corinthians 11 and 12 talks about all the room he has to boast in who he is and all the things that he's accomplished and all the stuff that he's done and everything that he is. And uh, I think you mentioned this on maybe the last podcast or maybe two podcasts ago, but like Micah, but like, like Paul basically says, you know, of the, like of the, the best of the best yeah, of the Pharisees, I'm the best. And he goes, according to the law, I was perfect. And then he, he brings it all down and he says, but I, would, I consider myself nothing. I consider all of that nothing for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. That's Philippians 3. And then in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, and then rolling into 2 Corinthians 12, we often start the conversation in 2 Corinthians 12, but we can't. Um, Paul says that he would much, much rather boast in his weakness because mm-hmm. in his weakness, God has demonstrated as strong. Yep. And, and so his sufficiency is in Christ. Yep. And, and I think that, that pride, personal pride, well, what you look at is when you see uh, God through Moses warns the people as they're on the verge of the promised land. And I think it's chapter eight and chapter 11 maybe just chapter 11, but he warns them. He says, as you as you go into the promised land and you find these cities that you didn't work for and these vineyards that you didn't plant, yeah. do what? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. And he, and he says, he says, when you, when you have all of this stuff, he goes, your heart will become puffed up and you'll turn away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, Rehoboam um, becomes king. Did we talk about this in the podcast? Mm-hmm. All right. I've talked about this recently with somebody. Uh, Rehoboam becomes king. Rehoboam is the son. Oh, Tuesday Bible study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rehoboam is the son of Solomon, the son of David. And the Bible says that Rehoboam served the Lord for three years like his father David, his grandfather David had done. But once the kingdom was firmly established in his hand, his heart turned away from the Lord. Heart. Yep. So the, the moment he got, he got proud. Self-sufficient. Yeah. Self-sufficient is really what it is. And, and so the, the root of pride and the root of human offense, personal offense is my sufficiency. You're attacking who I am. You're attacking me, making me less of me. And here's a thought like, and maybe, I don't know, you guys give me a thought on this. I'm not sure. I think it's more of the response. So like, Mm. 
if someone tells me, just use a stupid example, you suck at disc golf. <laughs> you, you did drop like 20 I did points. Drop like 20 Come points. on. <laughs> Golly, man. Um, hopefully it'll be back up this next ratings update. Actually, Good. probably this week. Oh, nice. Maybe next week. I can't remember when it comes out. Anyways, it depends on who says it. So like if, mm-hmm. if one of my buddies who's like top in the world is like, you suck at disc golf. I'm like, yeah, I kind of yeah. suck at disc golf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if some guy who actually sucks at disc golf is like, you suck at disc golf. There's this initial reaction where I'm like, where I'm like but I don't. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's pride. I think pride would be like yes. my response to that. So Agreed. So maybe. There's a confidence that we can have. Yeah. So here's Absolutely. my thought. Like, I think there's actually a little bit of an offense to that because it's not correct. I think how I respond to that offense is either going to be proclamation of my glory or in humility, which is in essence proclamation of God's glory because I'm not offended Uh, by it. So I'm not sure it's exactly the offense. Here's why I think that Paul, when he's talking about the super apostles, what is that? Second Corinthians, early in second Corinthians. Yeah. Um, He's like tongue in cheek boasting. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he's, I think that's what he's doing Yep, is he's acknowledging that he's actually as good as they are, but he's yeah. basically saying that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it's not that, it's not that he's like, I, I'm not even going to mention that because. No, no, you're right. It, so I, I don't think it's that like, cause I think a lot of people would hear us say that and go, well, I still feel offense when people like say things to me that are harsh. And I don't think it's the feeling you get that is an example of pride. I think it's how you deal with that. Hmm. So like if someone yeah. told you you're a terrible preacher, that's not true. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So yeah, there's yeah. a difference between there's a difference between taking offense at that because it's it's your own personal pride sure. and then going, but I'm not. Yeah. 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 So so then the offense has to be about truth, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Because because I would argue that if I'm in a really good, healthy headspace, probably, and maybe this is what you're saying, maybe we're just saying it differently, but probably somebody coming up to me, if I really feel like I'm a good preacher, which I'm a negative Nelly, so I don't normally feel that way. But if I feel that way, if I'm having a good day and I feel that way. I'm picky. Yeah. You are a good preacher. But if I feel that way and somebody comes up to me and says otherwise, if my confidence is in Christ. Okay, let me give you a different example. Then I probably don't care. If someone walks up and says, your wife is ugly. Yeah. Now I'm pissed. There's not, right. There's not a (laughs) sense where you're like, "Ah," you know what I mean? Like, that's my point is like, it's not the, it's not the initial feeling. Yeah. You could, you could maybe like post the feeling, figure out why you had that feeling. Sure. Yeah. But like what I'm saying is not every time you have a feeling of what we would initially call offense, I, yeah. I'm saying I'm submitting this thought. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's back. <laughs> Maybe not every time you feel offense, it's a result of pride. Mm. Sometimes it could be a result of something not this being true. This is not true. true. And I think so figuring that out. So I don't think the rule can be take no offense. I think it, the rule yeah. needs to be take no offense because of my pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If someone tells me my wife is ugly, I'm going to kick him in the face. Yeah. It's a high kick. Which face? I don't know, but. Wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't work there. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> the North face or the South face. Yeah. So you in that moment, you responding and getting upset to, to hearing your wife is ugly. And you can think, like you said later, like post that feeling, think like, is that because my worth or who I am or however you want to say that is found in my wife's beauty or am I defending my wife in that moment? Like, am yeah, I, am yeah. I have, cause this is it a woman. It could come from one or two places. Exactly. From, yeah. yeah. So like, well, I'm just, but I was thinking of an example of like something that would initially stir emotions. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like immediately stir that. Yeah. That would, that would cause you to, that's boil, why I said but like, like post that. I just think, I think maybe, maybe it is, maybe it's the reaction that we're need, we need to talk about to or, that because like, it feels like, like, 
it feels like that a person of wisdom, a person of integrity doesn't really respond to the fool. Like you're like, man, okay, so you've just revealed to me that you're an idiot. So yeah. <laughs> to, what not, ex- to what extent? I'm not even giving yeah. you my time. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean yeah. is like, I don't, I think I'm uncomfortable with making a universal standard here. Oh, I'm oh, yeah, fine yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think it can be like, take no offense. Yeah. Gotcha. I think Paul was very offended by the super apostles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his, his quoted super apostles. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, yeah. We're, we're too weak for that. Right. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Yeah. that's what I mean is I think it's the response. I don't think he was offended out of pride. I think he was offended like you were in terms of the gospel mm-hmm. with, with the guy tainting the gospel. Offended out of truth. Um, but I think that there's, I just, I don't know. I mean, I could be off on this, but it just feels weird to me to make a universal principle that anytime oh, no, you take offense, it's born out of pride. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think what we're doing there is, um, is elevating the way or trying to throw a magnifying glass on top of the issue. Like mm. it just, just, be, just having a response isn't innately wrong. We wouldn't say that about anything else. It's just, it, it feels like, um, it feels like in pride, since it, since it does cover a lot of things, it feels more natural. Be like, you can't respond that way. Whereas, oh yeah, that's a good example. Questioning, or sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, where, whereas in 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 most other things, we would say like, well, where is that response coming from? And then and then go then from can, there. Exactly. You've talked about this, Ryan. Like outside looking in, I imagine if someone looked at Ezra and Nehemiah, right? Sure, they, they would be like, no, Nehemiah is a cocky prick. He shouldn't have responded that <laughs> yes. way. But there's nothing in the text that says that. We mm-hmm. we take a cultural perspective of what we think is okay and not okay and say that must have been out of pride or, or some wrong reason. And I think that's all I'm saying is like, I'm more concerned about the individual. As followers of Jesus, we should be more concerned about our individual heart and motive than yeah. we are about like, like I you saying, Ryan, for your rules, take no offense. That is contextualized within, it, within the context of your, yeah. your head and life. So that's fine. But making if that you a told me take no offense, otherwise you're being arrogant. Right. I think you would say I was being cocky all the time because it's going to seem like I'm offended by a lot more things. And that's that's something I was going to say a second ago. Is and I think I think Ezra Nehemiah is a really great way to look at that. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, um, some people are going to look at the way you would handle a situation and the way that I would handle the same situation and go, oh, Ryan was more humble. But here's here's an interesting thing, like. Um, it, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's kind of a reverse pride too. Like yeah. it, it's like, like some, false, false humility. Yes. That, mm-hmm. uh, self-deprecating, yep. not, not recognizing who yeah. I am in Christ. I, I, I do think, I do think that primarily the Bible uses it for, as you said a moment ago, self-sufficiency people who mm-hmm. are like, man, I, I've got this. I don't need God. Um, but I, I think when, we are too much the center of our own universe, either mm-hmm. because we believe we're better than everybody else or because we believe we're in, we don't recognize who we are in Christ. We believe yeah, yeah, ourselves yeah. too small. That is a form of pride because it's, yeah. it's still going, well, I, I don't have any ground to stand on. I can't do this. I'm not. It's still me centered. Yeah, still me centered. still on you. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the way you would handle, like, here's what's super funny. Um, because people will be every now and then, and what's funny is like, I think you've had people say this to you too, but the opposite, every now and then people will say to me like, I'd rather talk to you about this, Ryan, than Micah. And I laugh and, and I go, okay. But like, I've seen you have incredibly difficult conversations with people where I, I walk away and I'm like, man, that was super nice and soft, you know? <laughs> but then people who you have a deep relationship with or who there is 
maybe from you, but probably not from you, but from the culture, there's an expectation that like, you need to handle the word of God better. You, you don't, you take off the kid gloves and you wreck shop, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, um, I've had people tell me like, man, like you've, I think heard somebody say like, and I don't want to talk to Ryan about this, like, <laughs> and it, and it's all perspective. Yeah. Cause they absolutely, have the, they hear you preach and they have the appearance. You have the appearance of like, you've, you're going to just blow them out of the water with all your scripture knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's perspective. Yeah. And socially too, I think you, you have admitted I'm this, awkward. like you're, you're a little more awkward socially. So they see that. And I th- think they see me in a social environment and think I'm going to be very nice. Yeah. Mm. And that's probably, yeah. If, if not we, the correct, I mean, it's been a long time. It's, it was probably last spring, last summer, but we were, uh, we were hanging out at your house for, I don't remember something for the church and you were grilling and there's like eight of us in the backyard and, and that was my birthday. Was it? Yeah. 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 So all the guys were just kind of standing around and I don't say a word because I don't like group settings. <laughs> it was all. all the guys from church. I know. But to me, that's a group setting. It's an environment that I'm not, I, I don't feel in control. I don't like it. And you guys are all over there talking and laughing and I'm just sitting there like drinking my tea, just sitting there like kind of looking back and forth at people and stuff. And I that's think that's why you drink beer in those scenarios. Cause it takes you off. Yeah, you you edge yeah. off. I need to start doing that. Have three beers before I show up. <laughs> that's right. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, But it's, it's, I think people look at me and go, man, Ryan's kind of rude in, in group settings. And yep. it's, and they probably look at that and go, man, he, he thinks he's better than everybody else. Cause right. he doesn't talk to us. Him. And it's like, no, I just don't and, know how to talk to people. <laughs> and maybe to your point, I think about this a lot in my, again, I think the only, I think I mentioned this before, the only insecurity I can think of is dancing. It's like really insecure. <laughs> so, and I think about this all the time in, ter- in terms of pride. Why does it bother me to dance in front of people? Because I know I suck at dancing. Mm-hmm. The only reason I care is because I care about in that moment, people thinking that I'm a terrible dancer, which I'm openly admitting <laughs> nonstop. So why would it bother me to dance in front of people? Right. You know why? I think for whatever reason, I have some pride in that area yeah. that I, I can't remedy. And I think it's the same as false humility Yeah, where people um, like in a social environment are, are not willing to engage because they're yeah. uncomfortable. You said it a second ago. I think that's what it is. You're acknowledging it. It's a control issue, which is in yeah. essence pride. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. the, that it manifests itself in two different ways. It, it, it creates anxiety for me. Right. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I was thinking about this with the reaction. I think the majority of times we are defensive. Mm-hmm. It is probably born out of pride. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe that's why we, f- we feel like, oh yeah, that offense, that response is pride every time. But again, you'd have to really measure the heart. Like, yep. You have mm-hmm. to. So I think that defensiveness outside of the gospel. Um, it's, isn't it interesting? Because, because Ezra is sitting over there ripping out his beard and from the outside looking in from a Christian perspective, every Christian probably like, I don't know, a conference you're going to go to says, look, this is how we should grieve over sin. And Nehemiah is over there ripping out people's beards and no one's going to say, this is how we should grieve over sin. <laughs> and yet- <laughs> But like, it's the same outcome. Same. Mm-hmm. Exact, it's exactly the same it, people. Same situation, same sin. Same, they're, they are, uh, uh, what's the word? Contemporaries of each other. Yeah. So. And Ezra's older, I believe, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. So I think that there's maybe something that plays into that as well. Like there is a zealousness that, that you like. Maybe. At, at least in the stories, I think you see that. I think you see like, like some of that wane as people get older. Um, yes. In terms of like the, I'm sure you just, you, you get tired. Like as a dude, you get tired 
Like of you gotta, pulling out other people's beards. Well, you got if you got to get up five times a night to pee. I mean, you're not willing to like <laughs> deal with people the rest of the day. But, but I think point being, scratch that for a moment. That's a whole side conversation. But I think there's an essence where, to your point, we would look at Ezra and go, "This is how you should deal with people or deal with sin." And you would look at Nehemiah and go, "Don't do this." But the text is actually just saying, "Here's two contemporaries that are dealing with the same people, the same issue, with the right. same outcome in two different ways." It's probably just personality nuances. Yeah. One of the things, uh, this is the text we were referencing a minute ago from 2 Corinthians 11. So all of 2 Corinthians, that's a terrible way to say that because it's all inclusive. And anyway, uh, 11 of the 13 chapters in 2 Corinthians deal with one topic, eight and nine deal with giving, but the rest of the of 2 Corinthians deals with these false teachers who have come into Corinth. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, um, beginning in verse 19, for you, and he's super sarcastic here to his audience, for you being so wise, tolerate the foolish gladly. You tolerate it if anyone enslaves you, if anyone devours you, if anyone takes advantage of you, if anyone exalts himself over you, if anyone hits you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we're too weak for that. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, um, like, Paul, Paul's basically saying, we don't put up with this garbage. Now, here's what's interesting. He's talking about false teachers. Okay. So he goes, we don't put up with it. And yet when Paul got beaten in Acts 16 mm. and put in prison, he put up with it. Mm. And then, and then he circles back around, presents the gospel to the jailer. The entire jailer's household gets, uh, um, saved. And then they come to release him quietly the next day. But Paul goes, <laughs> no, 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 we were, we're Roman citizens uncondemned and you beat us. So you're going to make a big deal out of it. You're going to mm -hmm. make a big deal about this. And, and so, but in the, in the moment that he's being beaten, he's not, it's just interesting because he's like, man, you're putting up with fools. You're putting up with people who are preaching the wrong. He goes, we're too weak for that. We don't do that. <laughs> and yet in another, so heart, right? It's, it's not one universal response no. to it's heart. It's gospel. It's he's pissed in second Corinthians because they're listening to these false teachers that there's something of eternal value that's at stake, you know, mm -hmm. something that's true. This truth is at stake and he's, he's representing it well. And then later he takes a beating and he's like, Hey, or acts, acts four, the end of acts four, when the disciples are leaving and they're rejoicing that they were considered worthy to be, to be beaten for the sake of Christ. Um, and yet there are other places where they're like, they stand up against that, you mm -hmm. know? And so just, it's interesting because said this thought we can't have a universal, I don't think, perspective. No, it has right. to be the heart. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I wonder if if our perspective on life is I want my life to be lived for the glory of God holistically. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we find ourselves less dealing with pride less in the small things in life. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think that there's there's some sense of pride when you like um aren't making it financially. Right. Mm -hmm because you're comparing yourself to other people who are, and you feel sure, like yeah. you're not as good of a father or as good of a husband because you can't take care of your family right now. Mm -hmm. Which while, is a mindset shifted away from truth. Yes. Yeah. Who God is. Right. And who, so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of extreme examples on, mm -hmm. on both sides. And that's the one versus the, the guy who's making it really well and doing really well. And he's on his $150,000 boat. One of those kids wakes, wakes surfing behind it. And he's got his $100,000 truck waiting to pull the boat out of the water. You're going back to the, you know, like, <laughs> right. and he's like, yeah, I've, I've made I've it. Made it. Mm -hmm. Those are two examples of, I think, the same fallacy where yeah. you are yes. trusting in yourself instead of saying, God, whatever you bring in my life, I'll use for your glory. Mm -hmm. yeah. To the one who doesn't have much, you, 
you are humble enough to allow the body of Christ to meet the needs that you have at the time. Yeah. And for the one who has a lot, you are humble enough to use your money for the glory of God, for the sake of the kingdom to meet people's yeah. needs. It's, it's a overarching perspective of God, whatever you bring in my life, I'm going to use it for your glory. I imagine that probably starts to rip some of the pride out of our lives. Sure. We're mm-hmm. less offended by things because it's not about us. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe we're less offended because we're more quickly able to see, um, the gospel in it. So for example, like if, if you have poverty, this is an opportunity for you to get with your kids or your family to pray for the Lord's provision, to recall to mind that God is a God who can provide and who, uh, that Deuteronomy says that it is God who gives us the ability to make wealth and to Mm -hmm. income and that, and, and so it's, it's not that you're not praying and petitioning the Lord for provision, but you're doing that from the perspective of this is who the character of God is. This yeah. is who God is. And the flip side being true as well. Look, we have these blessings because, because God is the one who does this and God is the one who provides. And some of the people in, in Acts were like Barnabas who were quite well off and supplied the needs and other people were the ones who had to have their needs supplied. Right. Mm-hmm. And both are looking at Christ as the object of that. And I think I love how Paul says it. I've known what it is to be in both situations. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's a good example of like, we, we can't, we can't say that our situation is going to be the same all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. I know of people who were like super wealthy that lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for those of us who uh, had money on Voyager, we kind of, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for now I've lost everything. So, a little crypto note there. But I think that's the beautiful thing about what Paul's saying. Like, but I've learned what it is to be content in all circumstances that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It yeah, is yeah. Jesus at the center. And so whatever life brings, yeah, whatever comes. Um, and I, I wonder, I wonder how many times we, uh, like the things we pursue in life are lacking the goal of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is another sense of pride. Like we've talked about this at church before, how many people um, will suffer through like moving because of their job and mm-hmm. they'll email us and be like, we haven't found a church in like three years Yeah, mm-hmm. because we are pursuing this career yeah. yeah, and the career is the goal instead of yeah. my spiritual yeah. health and the spiritual health of my kids. And I'm not saying it's like necessarily wrong, but it seems like the focal point is you. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be more beneficial for a husband who's come to us in the past for marital counseling and said, I don't know what's wrong with my marriage. I'm like gone 28 days of the month. Yeah, working 100 hours a week. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with my marriage. And I remember vividly one time this guy was telling you this and he was an accountant and you were like, dude, you need to get a different job. And he was like, what else do I do? I'm like, you're like, I don't know, but get a different job. (laughs) Um, You're complaining about like, what he's saying in that moment is my career is more important than my life and my family being lived for the glory of God. And that's Mm -hmm. what I mean. I wonder if we put Jesus at the core, right? Yeah. How many of those things would change? We, we get, I think bogged down with these cultural ideas of what success is and Mm -hmm. forget as followers of Jesus, that if we want to really be people who live without pride, it has to be putting Jesus at the, at the core, at the center and then letting that push us through whatever happens in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, It's like you said earlier, uh, Micah, earlier in the conversation, you can make one statement, one statement and have it be from a a place of pride or a place of humility, Mm -hmm. the same statement. Um, And I I think that when I started really reading the Bible uh, right before I turned 20 and and got into it for a few years, um, I think around my fifth or sixth time through, 
I was absolutely convinced that I knew the Bible better than anybody else mm. my age. You know, at this point, I'm like 24, 25. And I, I was absolutely convinced, man, like I, I know it better than everybody else. And just ego, man, chip mm-hmm. on my shoulder. And then somewhere around time six or seven, I read it and I was like, man, I can't believe I've only read the Bible so few times. Look how good God is. Look <laughs> yeah. at how rich he is. And I think I shared this in a podcast recently, but like something shifted in my perspective. Yeah. And, and yet what, one of the things that has shifted is I have been so afraid of being proud that in many areas of my life, I haven't allowed myself to be confident in mm-hmm. who God has made me to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm afraid that confidence in who God has made me to be, like you say this a lot, Micah, and, and I'll use you as an example a lot in, in Bible study on Wednesday nights. Like you and I don't think the same way. Mm-hmm. We don't process information the same way. Um, you you have said to me over and over again that you you don't have an interest in knowing all the details like I know the details, but you know the theology, you know the scripture, you know you know how it represents Jesus, right? Which is the more important part, and and so what's interesting is like here you and I are these two very different people in how we process information and our backgrounds and all this stuff. And what enables us to be such good friends now for a couple of decades is the commonality of who we proclaim Christ to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I sit here sometimes. You don't you don't really have you don't really struggle with confidence. You you just you Something go dancing. You you go for it and you do it. And you know if you don't do it well enough the first time, you'll watch some YouTube videos and you'll do it. <laughs> You'll do it better the next time or whatever, or you'll be like, well, all right, no big deal. And you'll move on. Yeah. For, for me, I'm fearful of confidence right? Uh, because I'm, I'm like, what if, what if I, what if I get proud? And it's, mm-hmm. and so like, I, I am wired the way that I'm wired mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because of my childhood, but also, I don't know, like my brain works the way it works because God made me a certain way. Yeah. I process information the way I process information. Yeah. And and instead of going, yeah, I'm so sorry that I processed this information this way and that I remember these things, like, like this is like rejoice in it. Like yeah. be excited. You well, know, I like, think you is- could, to your point, like we both have the opportunity for pride in those from those perspectives. Your 100%. fear of confidence could actually produce pride. Yep. And my confidence can produce pride. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's because still- again, it goes back to being yeah, self focused yeah. instead yep. of Christ focused. Yep. Yeah. So my confidence could be used for the glory of God. Yeah. And your um insecurity in confidence, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Could be used for the glory of God. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I just want to say to you guys who I'll look at the camera. I never look at the camera. I want to say to you guys who maybe you've sensed pride in your life at some point. And so the result of that, the pendulum swing of that is that you've moved to self-deprecation that self-deprecation is also not a true biblical stance based on who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, when Paul says, I consider everything I had as gain, nothing. Paul's not saying I consider myself nothing. When, when Paul mm-hmm. said that I count all things lost for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, Paul's not saying that he's a loss. Like our, our worth is in Christ. Our value is in Christ. And Paul speaks of that regularly. And so um, I, I, half joking, like half the comments I make about myself are self-deprecating. And, um, it, in, in, in my mind, there's been a time that like, well, this is how I combat pride. 
really, really what it is, is it's a, it's a declaration contrary to Christ. Because the statements that we should make about ourselves is that I am loved by the God of the universe, mm. uh, the, the, the king of heaven gave himself up for me, that, that I am righteous, that I am holy, that I am forgiven. And so uh, having, having such a, a big view of self, like my, my view of self is not always a great view of self, but it's still so large in my view and in my perspective that it shapes how I think. So maybe here's a thought. Maybe instead of saying to someone who like is self-deprecating yeah. or overly confident, uh, stop doing those things and let your value be, or let your mindset only be who you are in Christ. Maybe what we do is we say, let the foundation for how you think be who I am in Christ. Yeah. And then you start dealing with your tendencies. There you go. So that way you're able to, because I don't think that the, it's it's a fallacy for you to have these thoughts of like, some of your insecurities are based on experiences from the past. Sure. It's not your fault. It's not you being arrogant. It's just by nature of your experiences. So if your foundation is Christ, if Christ right. is core, then you're able to go, I feel this way. How do I deal with it? Instead of saying, I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah, yeah. You know what sure. I mean? Mm. And that way you're able to deal with your mm. tendencies. And then like when something comes up in, so, in my life where like I'm confident, like my rating goes back up to a thousand again, <laughs> someday <laughs> I'll get there. I don't deal with that based on the foundation that I'm the one who is yeah. elevating myself. Obviously I'm using a ridiculous example of confidence, <laughs> but like if my, the foundation of my life is who I am in Christ, then I'm able to deal with the things that come up that could potentially boost my confidence to a place of pride Sure, and go, here's my tendency. Yeah. I should deal with that based on the foundation being yep. Jesus. Cause That's I don't, good. I don't want people to think like, I have these feelings. Therefore the feelings are wrong. I think, yeah. mm -hmm. I think the feelings come because of your state of mind. And so yeah. how you deal with the state of mind is you remind yourself of who you are in Christ as a foundation. And then you begin to deal with those things as they come. Shape yeah. those. Yep. So like if you've dealt with depression, for example, instead of, instead of saying tomorrow, you should not be depressed anymore. Yeah, you luck. say, you say, let me remind you of who you are in Christ right. and let that begin to start molding and shaping the way you think. Cause I know from my friends who are in the psychology world, they always tell me, the depression is or well, these things that you deal with like depression are from the state of mind. Right. That's why when you go to counseling, they try to shift the way you think. Right. And so if the foundation then is my value in Christ, I'm able to start shifting the way I think instead of saying I shouldn't feel that way at all. Right. Yeah. I think that would be helpful probably in both scenarios yeah. of reminding myself of the foundation. So when I feel a sense of confidence that turns to pride, I can quickly go, I need to not feel that way for sure. Right. I need to not think that way because it's causing these feelings of pride. Mm -hmm. And instead of going, oh, I'm such a terrible person and going the yeah. opposite way, you yeah, go, yeah. no, no, no. I am who I am because of Christ. Yeah. Right. This is not about me. And then right. it just like gets shoved off to the side. Yeah. Then it's dealt with. Yeah. I mean, if, if Christ is foundational for everything we're thinking, then there are absolutely appropriate times to be offended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there are absolutely inappropriate times to be offended. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think if we're being led by the spirit, <laughs> mm -hmm. Galatians five sixteen, then the inevitable response will be that we'll make the right call in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And if, if tomorrow you're like, crud, that thing I did yesterday, that was not so good. Then we can address those things and we can go that, that where is that source? Where's mm -hmm. that source of pride in me? Or what's yep. that? What is that that's yep. causing me to act in a way that didn't glorify Jesus? And I think yeah. one last encouragement is I think it's it's important for us to be like self-evaluating. Mm, yeah. 
or we're considering our tendencies and then our out, the outcome of those tendencies and being willing to say, what needs to shift in my life? Where, where in my life am I recognizing that my foundation isn't Christ, mm-hmm. where, where Jesus isn't core in that? I, I've told you guys this for a while. I've been like the last few years, like trying to figure out my tendencies, my strengths and weaknesses. And, and one of the things we figured out, Ryan, a few years ago was that I find the most offense from people that are, I consider in my inner circle. Yeah. People that I can let my guard down to some degree. And that's yeah. not really what I'm doing, but yeah. like to use a figurative You're not statement. offended at all by people outside your circle. No, but it's when people that are, that in His my face. mind. What? Don't be ridiculous. Them, when it's people that I feel like know me and yes. that I can trust. That you've built and then that relationship. they treat me in that, that way. Yeah. It, and it's a fallacy in my thinking. Mm. Um, in that I am, the, my expectation for those people is different. And it is almost like I am allowing myself to be proud mm-hmm. with people that I'm close with. So that's what I mean. Like, I don't think it's a quick fix. I think I'm still working through it, but I, sure. but my recognition of that is the beginning of the process of yeah, me 100%. starting to get it out. And that's yeah. what I mean by self-evaluation, like start understanding your tendencies yeah. and then how, how you can recognize the areas of your life where Jesus isn't being exalted in those yeah. areas. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you talking to me in April or May and saying, why are you getting defensive about this thing? We've known each other for 20 years. We've had these conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. Why is this time a time you're defensive? Yeah, yeah. And having to, eva- I had to evaluate that and go, yeah. all right, what am, what am I feeling right now? Like, right. what, why do I feel this affront, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and realize that there's some pride in me that needs to be dealt with, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's it. Like maybe we're scared of having to deal with the hard things in life, yeah. the hard things inside of us. I, here's, here's something that's interesting. Really quick note, because I think it's important. Uh, the pride of the scripture isn't what we're talking about in this moment right here, because Micah came to me. We have Pierce, Micah and I, uh, we have a good working relationship. We're good friends. We enjoy doing ministry together. There aren't any other guys I would rather be doing ministry with right now, 100%. Like, um, and the pride that I was experiencing wasn't keeping me from doing ministry well, but there are areas in my life that I want to continue to grow in. And in April or May, when we were coming out to record some podcast, uh, we were talking about something that we were thinking about doing as a podcast at oh, some yeah, point. That's right, that's right. Yeah. And Micah mentioned something and I mentioned a rebuttal and Micah goes, why do you think that way? And my response was, I just do. And Micah, <laughs> basically, Which, side note, a don't ever generalization. say to me if you yeah. want if you want just the conversation yeah. to go away. And and so Micah goes, you you don't ever react that way. Why are you reacting that way now? And I got the more he pressed me, the more defensive I got. And we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to, uh, but <laughs> yes, but Pierce and Micah made me talk about it for like two hours. <laughs> yes, and. And it was, it was a recognition that there was some pride in me. Um, there, uh, it, it's, it's still kind of a weird kind of a pride, but it's like, Micah goes, well, we trust you. And I was like, well, do you? And Micah goes, seriously, man, he was like <laughs> 20 years and you still don't know that we like trust you. He was like, I wouldn't put up with you if I didn't trust you. you know, like, yeah. And, uh, and, and so I had this moment and I was telling the guys the next day, I texted them a few things the next day. And I said, I, I don't feel like this is a years long process for me. I really think it's a mind shift over the next few weeks that yeah. now that I'm aware that there's this kickback in me that I can deal with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas coming out of my depression took me a few years to really get my head around that. Both of those things are different than what the Bible's talking about in pride, where it is a rejection of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so 
I, maybe this is what you're getting at, or maybe this isn't what you're getting at, but maybe what you said, Micah, kind of made me think like, we're afraid to address pride because in the Bible, we see people who have pride as being idolaters, mm. people who mm. have pride as being people that God had no relationship with and he destroyed them and they abandoned God. And we forget- and that's not us. No. That's not We've us. we put faith in Jesus. We've put that's faith in Jesus. And so what God is doing in us, we're, we're not mm. the Rehoboam who's being destroyed. Right. He rejected God. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're having to kind of slough off still some of those old trappings of pride that maybe we brought into it's our relationship with Christ. Tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. These, you know, and, but it's, but this isn't the pride that gets you destroyed. Right. <laughs> this is because pride destroys people. Hey, maybe deal with this, you know, like it's, but it's, I don't know. It, it cannot, there hasn't been anything. Why the, why, uh, uh, so Philippians, no. Colossians two, no Philippians two. Like I don't know where it is. You guys, in a second. <laughs> Why, as though you still are under the law, do you submit to its rules and regulations? Do not handle. Do not taste. Do yeah, not Colossians, Colossians two. Colossians two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's acknowledging that in a different yeah, yeah, condition. Absolutely. Like yeah. you've been freed from that, but why, yeah. as though you're still under it, do you yeah. still submit to its regulations? Why? You've been you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is you've already accepted not God. You're you not are. rejected. Mm-hmm. Why is though you are still apart yeah. from God? Do you act like yeah. this? I mean, I'm adding that, but like this well, is the same tendency it, idea. It, it's though. not wrong though, because it's, it's the same thing that he says, or a similar thing at least that he says in First Corinthians six when he says, "Don't you know that these people?" And he lists like six or seven different sins won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he goes, "Such were some of you, mm. but yeah. now you're sanctified." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's ripping them for a husband and a son sharing a wife. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're behaving in a way that is not in line with who they are. And mm. he's, and, and the behavior, he doesn't say, this is who you are. He says, that's who you were. Why are you still acting like Stop. it? Mm-hmm. And so, so our pride doesn't divorce us from God, right. yeah. but because we are in Christ, our pride has no place in us anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not who we are. It's not who we are anymore. Yep. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 Dope. Be, because let's be honest. I mean, if we're going to be really, really honest, the the very first step of salvation is humility. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is coming to a savior, going, I can't do it. I need a savior. Mm-hmm. First John one nine. If we confess, yeah, that we are yeah. sinful, yeah, our sin, and and so it, it is humility that brings us to salvation. Mm-hmm. And then pride after that is is a departure from the humility from which we entered into this relationship. With Absolutely Christ. interesting. And so keep in mind, Christian, keep in mind, and I would love to have this talk with you. Your sin today is not your identifying mark. Mm -hmm. So if you're going, man, I have a lot of pride. That is not who you are. Paul says that in a couple of places, including Colossians, like Micah just mentioned in 1 Corinthians, like I just mentioned. That is not who you are, which is what the problem is. That's why it's a problem because you are righteous and you're a saint and you're a holy one and you're beloved of God. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a problem is because it's not in line with who you are. It doesn't represent who you actually are. Right. If you will, it is a misrepresentation of the life that you have now in Christ, Mm -hmm. which is free from those things. Yep. 100%. So Mm. So now I feel like we need to have this talk all over again. Maybe we will. Rewind to an episode. (laughs) I think it's to be, that's what I like about these fifth week conversations though, is like, we just don't really know where we're going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just make the conversation happen. But this is like what, I mean, this is literally what our conversations are like Mm -hmm. all the other times when we're working out stuff. Yeah. This is for real what, 
people go, well, what do you guys do? Well, we sit down, we have lunch and we have, Hey, I have this thought yeah, <laughs> and we, just we, go through it. we go through it. But I think mm-hmm. just as a point, like the reason we're able to do that is because we spend time, um, in the word, in the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have our, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have noticed, but like, I can't ever figure out where passages are because I listen to them. <laughs> yeah, like, Micah, uh, Micah will come to me sometimes. <laughs> Micah will come to me or Pierce sometimes and he'll be like, so I was listening to the Bible a lot today. And he's like, I was in all the short books that Paul wrote. And he's like, so I don't have any idea where it is, but Paul says somewhere, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he's just listened to Galatians, Ephesians, yeah. Philippians, Colossians. <laughs> yeah. you know? it, gets, it. it gets a little better for me in the summer because I'm having to do prep for all the summer camps. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So like I'm, I'm actually, Fresher, now, I, yeah. I do think I would love to, this is like side note future. <laughs> I would love to be at a place in the future where I could say like every Friday morning, I like actually am like, writing out some stuff like doing actual mm. like mm. like sermon prep all year long if you will to some degree on some of these things I've been listening to mm-hmm. um because I think it is important for me to get those things down. Yeah. I I try to even when I'm like running and listening to the word I'll stop every once in a while and like write a note down or text you guys because I know if I don't it's I will gone. probably forget yeah, about yeah, that yeah. in five minutes and it's just gone forever. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like it's important for me to get that stuff down. So even as someone who listens, I think there's an essence where it's important for me to like oh, man. get it written down. One of the things that I would love to do, I started it years ago and I never I never went back and finished it. I would love to do I'm talking a short outline, but a short outline of each chapter. So basically Genesis one, creation, uh, God is the creator. Here's a key verse. Mm-hmm. Genesis two. Yeah, we because, did that seven ten. Yeah, we did that mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but because I, f- I personally twenty seven years into studying and preaching, I find it offensive when somebody comes to me and goes because people walk up to me and they're like, "So Ezekiel eleven did it," and then they they just expect that I know Ezekiel eleven. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and I want to. <laughs> yeah. So I figure if I can write out an outline of every oh, chapter, then you have like a. I have a picture in, in my your head. memory palace. Yep. You've got a reference for every yep. single. Would you like actually go open the file cabinet and pull out the file for Genesis one and like look and it says God created? Like, I would. I'd have a book. It's a book in my okay. head. Yeah, I'd have not to turn like to a the whiteboard page. or anything like that. No. Like, it's a book. Do you have any like electronics in your memory palace? No. Would you ever pull I, out an iPad? I, no. I, <laughs> it's I have even a, difficult. I hear, the wi- <laughs> I hear the Wi-Fi sucks in those places. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have a keypad. You know, oh, that's true. Yeah, there's, there's some like technology. You said there's an elevator. Yeah, it's, to access you know, the elevator and yeah. stuff. Yeah. You charge things while you're there. It's not an electric elevator. <laughs> He's got a guy hired in the background. <laughs> He's like, yeah. on pulley. <laughs> a mule outside. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it whips the mule and he just walks. <laughs> Every time you press the button. Why is it going faster? <laughs> Poor mule out there. <laughs> Stop running. Stop. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Times. I'm glad that... Uh, I'm glad that you guys listening and watching can have perspective into these type of conversations for us. And also, I mean, you guys see it every week when we walk through a step. What's great about fifth, the fifth Tuesdays is that we're not really going in there with any structure whatsoever. And so that is what a lot of our relationship looks like. And so I know we've talked a while back as well. I forget which episode it was. I think it was one of the advice for new believers types thing about how our lives will look drastically different than a lot of people because a lot of people aren't pastors or preachers or going through a lot of these things. But that doesn't mean that you should not have those types of conversations in your life and, yeah. and, ha- and have the people in your life where, where you can feel comfortable enough going to lunch and talking about life and then be like, oh, shoot, I was reading this in the Bible the other day. I know we talked about that a lot on those episodes, but it is so much more freeing because it helps us not 
not be at a place where it's like, oh, I have to schedule this time to talk about the word because it's, we need to give it the proper respect that it needs, but rather acknowledging this is who we are in Christ and we love the Lord and we long to enjoy him. And, and he, I'm being challenged or pushing this, or I just have a question. This, this, this may be dumb, but I have a question of what's going on. And what's great about having the people around you that, that are secure in who they are in Christ, you throwing something like that out there, be like, I don't know. I just, I've been thinking this based off this one passage and it might be dumb, but just help me with that. If you, this is a community that revolves around Christ and understanding who you are in Jesus. They're not going to look at you as more stupid after that, but they're going to, what they're going to do is with the goal of Christ, with the goal of Christ say, oh, actually, because this other verse says that doesn't really, that doesn't really hold any weight. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then that person isn't your, your brothers and sisters in Christ don't therefore look down upon you because of that question, it's but you're mutually together. growing together a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, so I encourage you guys that, that, um, push for those relationships, fight for those relationships and use, I don't, I think it's a great idea. Like use these, use these podcasts as a point of conversation. Absolutely. Start yeah. it. Like I think yeah. it's a great start. And, and I say this all the stinking time and I still don't think people believe me. But like, I love these conversations. So text me. <laughs> yes. Like, true. Just, like, I love this stuff. Yeah. Like, text. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, go- you can Google. That's fine. Google. <laughs> but like. Google your phone number so they can text you. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying like, I enjoy these conversations. I'm yeah. always excited when people text and say, hey, I have a question. He says that yeah. until the 15 million Jews of the world start following the podcast <laughs> right. and texting. Dude. He's like, no, How no. exciting will that be though? Because it means the days, right? Are drawing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. true. Uh, somebody was telling me last night after uh, Wednesday night Bible study. Oh, just ruined it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we record this on Thursdays on before Thursday. the following Tuesday <laughs> so it can get edited. But they were, they were telling me that like they follow this stuff and that like right now there's all these plans to rebuild the temple in yeah, Jerusalem yeah. and they were kind of filling me in on all of it and that uh, they're looking for the red heifer and they're like- They found uh, the dye. a few years, yeah, the, the, yeah. in the ocean, right? Some kind yeah. of like plankton or something? Yeah, so they needed the dye for uh, like- the purple? Mm-hmm. So- Is that what, is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah the purple, so yeah, so- It's interesting. It's, it's happening- Remember that commercial? That's wild. Yes. What which commercial is that? I don't know what it was. It was But yeah. <laughs> he's like I have it in my head. He's now. like doing a like a, a deal with he's like a translator. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, that's great. Uh speaking of it happening. Speaking of great, speaking of cool, fun stuff. Hot Cheeto man, vanilla vanilla man's over there. Vanilla man. Vanilla man's over there. We got we got Steven. We're at the Garden Audio hanging out. Go follow at the garden audio on Instagram. See what he's got going on over there. I feel like we should start a new Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Oh, called called Vanilla Man. Man and <laughs> yes. just start doing pictures of Steven in there. <laughs> That'd be yes. so great. It's Vanilla Man. Uh, yeah, while, while you're over there, give us a follow at Simpler Pod. That's also where you can, if you guys don't have Ryan's phone number or you're not friends with Ryan on social media, um, send messages to Simpler and, and those. Uh, I filter a lot of those out, but I usually send screenshots and forward them all to to everybody so we can all have either responses to the conversation or I'll talk about the conversation. So yeah, engage with us on social media. We we read those things, we keep up with those things and we want to continually encourage and build up this community. And just like Micah said, you can you, you can utilize these podcasts as a catalyst of conversation to see what your friends think, to, to push and to challenge one another into the word, into the scripture. And so we live in a society where it's really normal to say, oh, I was listening to a podcast the other day. And so you can yeah. easily bring this into conversation to, to help, to help some of those relationships grow 
where you can discuss the word, discuss the things you're learning, discuss the things you're growing in, in a more natural way, in a more freeing way where you can just enjoy one another and enjoy the Lord in the midst of the community you're in. So yeah, that'd be a great catalyst for that. We love you guys. We're so thankful for y'all. We're so yeah. thankful for this community. Um, and as always, keep Christ's core. What could be simpler than that? We'll catch y'all next week. Bye. Hasta la wager. <laughs> <laughs>